Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be the very fact that this guy Shalom could assassinate Zechariah right out in public like that and then take the throne on top of it without anybody going, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We saw what you did. He took the throne and he got away with it. That indicates to me that the people were okay with it. You killed him. Hey, fine with us. We hated him. He's a bad king. Go ahead, Shalom, take it. I'm sorry, but if somebody attacked and, and, and killed a president, People would be in an uproar about it. You don't have the right to do that. But this guy was so bad, they didn't care. Take the throne. We'll try you out for a while. Nobody contested the murder. They had no issue. Now, Shalom did what he wanted, and he had no opposition or pushback from anybody. That tells you that Zechariah's wicked rule made him so hated by so many people that he never had the strong support for anybody to do anything about it. It's almost like Zechariah was supposed to die. And I read that and I go, he was supposed to die. I'm like, oh, maybe he was supposed to die. I want you to remember something we read not long ago. I want you to hang on to this for a second. Supposed to die, Ray? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I want to take you back in time to 2 Kings 10.29. I want you to check this out. It says, however, Jehu... Remember, he was the guy that was supposed to take out Ahab's line for doing wrong. It says, however, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin, that is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well and doing what is right in my sight and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. To the fourth generation, which means that that fourth generation, it's going to stop. Oh, what just happened to this guy that we just saw here? He got killed. He stopped. That line stopped. So Jehu was the king. God said, wipe out all the line of Ahab for his sin. And Jehu did what the Lord wanted him to do, but he got into that golden calf mess. And that did upset the Lord. So the Lord was kind of like, okay, I have to execute judgment for that sin of the golden calves, but you did do what I told you to. And since you did what I told you to, I'm going to give you four generations, and and Zechariah was the fourth. He was the fourth son down, and now that dynasty is over. And he got killed. From golden calf worship, great-grandpa did. It carried down because the Lord said that was going to happen. It's kind of like a generational curse thing was built into this, okay? Zechariah, you're done. You're out of here because they were playing with 
foul stuff. He was a wicked king, it said. 2 Kings 15, 11. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. This was the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Jehu, saying, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it was. Friends, when God says he's going to do something, he does it. Well, he said that over a hundred years ago. That don't matter now. You think? You know, people treat God like, oh, Jesus ain't coming back. They've been saying that forever. Ha, ha, ha. You know that the Bible prophesied that scoffers would come making fun of that? And there you are in prophecy right there for talking like that. He said he's coming back. He's coming back. Well, it's been hundreds of years. It's been a long time for that too. He prophesied Israel would be in Egypt for 400. Well, this is 400 years ago. We're never going to get out of here. And then one day the Exodus, bam, we're out of here. God says he's going to do something. He's going to do it. Take comfort in that because God says you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. That means you're going to be saved. He says it, he's going to do it. Okay. So here in this case, Zechariah, he was the fourth guy. He's gone, right? Because God said so. So Zechariah, he was killed while he was engaging in golden calf worship. That's the the thing that gets me. Friends, you don't want to go down being caught doing something that God told you don't do. He went down in this uh, worship, the golden calf worship, and his death marked the fulfillment of God's word to Jehu that four generations only would rule. He went down in sin, a wicked king, yet still proved prophecy true. There's a lot of people out there doing very wrong. They are still playing into fulfilling God's prophecy. So don't worry about being, uh, don't be afraid of them. Whichever side, good or bad, you're on. God's prophecy overrides all of us. And just trust him with that. So Zechariah's death ended Jehu's line. And that was also the end of Israel's fifth dynasty. When God says he will bless obedience, he does it. And when God says he will judge sin, he'll do that also. So we see both sides of this being played out within Zechariah. 2 Kings 15, 13. Shalom, oh, what happens to him? Shalom, the son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah. And he reigned a full month. (sighs) Guys, are y'all seeing this? Are you recognizing the pattern? See what I'm saying? He reigned a full month, month in Samaria. For Menahem, the son of Gadai, went up from Terzah and came to Samaria and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh in Samaria, and killed him, and he reigned in his place. Wait a minute. Shalom did it. Now he got it. Look out what you dish out, right? (laughs) Verse 15. Now the rest of the acts of Shalom and the conspiracy which he led, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Then from Tirzah, Menahem attacked Pivsah, all who were there, and its territory, because they did not surrender, therefore he attacked it. All the women there who were with child, he ripped open. Now guys, this is what kind of barbarism comes from sin. Downright barbarism. It's barbaric. And you know, everybody looks at their sin today, and they say, well, it's my right. I have the right to do this. They call it rights because for some reason when you call it rights, it's this untouchable thing that you're not supposed to challenge. Well, I, uh, maybe I won't challenge it, but you're challenging God. 
when you say, I have the right to do this, they don't understand the damage that will come from their supposed right to sin. We have a lot of rights in this country. I understand that. But you don't have the right to sin. You've got the right to choose and do whatever you want to in your free will. But God will deal with sin. And you're going to find out what the word right means when you apply it to sin. It causes damage. It hurts other people. It will especially even hurt the people you love the most that are closest to you. It will hurt them. You walk around with damage falling off of you. What do you think is going to happen to everybody around you? They're going to slip in it. So Shalom did it. Now he got it. Same thing. A king just killed off a king. Everybody said, good riddance. We didn't like him anyway. But then what they got was a worse king. It's a shame that the people were okay with the assassination in the first place. That tells you what level that even they had fallen down to. If somebody came in here and assassinated somebody on the street and we went, fine with me. What does that say about a society that's okay with that? That says a society got low. And I'll tell you, on the uh, recently at Planned Parenthood in Houston, they asked for people from every year from 1973 up. That's when Roe versus Wade got kicked on. They asked someone from every born in each year to come and speak at a prayer, laid rows and all, uh, rows down. This was before Roe versus Wade got cut off. There's video of me out there doing it because I'm 1973 vintage. They put me in there to do that, to speak that because it's barbaric. And there's a lot of people, I'm not here to speak politically. I'm not pulling party with you. I'm not talking politically at all. What I'm saying is when it comes down to the level where we get so barbaric to kill innocent infants like that, and we're okay with it, what does that say about our society? It means we sank pretty low, way low. And they literally approved of a public murder. What did they expect would come back on them? This king is making bad things come back. America... I love you and I want to bless you. But when we're okay with murder, what do you expect is going to come back to us? God, help us. I'm not being political. Don't come at me like that. I'm talking about the Word of God. What God's Word says is sin is sin. The Christians of this nation need to start leading and showing people what the gospel is. So they stop looking at their government and start looking at their God. But they were okay with this guy doing this. Got a worse king. Now, do y'all remember that guy, Zimri, who reigned for seven days? A week. He held the record, man. <laughs> so now he, he ruled for a week and he did the same thing. He went in, he got his reign by killing the king that was before him. Now, look at Shalom's reign. He killed Zechariah and he got one month. He reigned for a month, not quite the record, not quite seven days, but a close second <laughs> for a month. What I'm trying to say is you see what sin will get you. Well, that's my right. Do you see what sin will get you? Well, it's my free will choice. Make that choice. Do you see what sin will get you? Recognize the pattern here. Well, every time I drive down that road, I get a flat tire. Then stop driving down the road. Well, it's my right. Get a flat tire. What do you want me to do? I don't want you to worry about those power players out there that are taking whatever they want. Look where it's going to get them. 
I want you to remember, Mordecai did not hang on the gallows. Haman did. And Haman's the one that built it. Look at what they get. It's going to land people like this in big trouble with God. Possibly those people out there doing all that bad, messy stuff, it possibly even lands them a shortened life. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be here a long time, as long as the Lord wants me here. So friends, right now is a good time to get right with Jesus, is what I'm trying to say. I want you to notice this next verse, what it says. It's a timestamp, but I want you to look what it says about Judah's king, about Judah's king. 2 Kings 15, 17, in the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gadai, became king over Israel and reigned 10 years in Samaria. And he did evil. Here we go again. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. So, okay, it's been 39 years for the king of Judah. The previous guy lasted a month. 39 years versus a month. I'm just trying to throw the pattern at you. Look at what's going on. Bad king, this is what you get. But a good king, 39 years, all right? So, he lasted a whole month, and now Menahem becomes king and does evil, just like Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now, his sin was just as bad as the kings before him. And so, do you think he's going to turn out as great of a king as the ones that came before him? Well, let's look, 2 Kings fifteen nineteen. I don't know how to say this guy's name, so I'm going to say Pull. Looks like Pull to me. I don't know. Pull, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pull a thousand talents of silver that his hand might be with him to strengthen the kingdom under his control. And Menahem exacted the money from Israel. How would you like to be taxed like that? He exacted the money from Israel, from all the very wealthy, from each man, 50 shekels of silver to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Menahem rested with his fathers. Then Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. This king was a buyout king, a buy-off king. Oh, no, we can't fight. Here, take this. So another bad king, another Jeroboam copycat. I mean, it's like these kings, they couldn't think of all the kings before them. And like, you know what? These guys ain't turning out very good. Maybe I should make a change. It's almost like you can't believe they don't see the pattern and realize I need to change something. They couldn't see how everything the kings turned before them, how it all turned out to be a short-lived, messed-up life. No, they looked at the throne, and they said, oh, it's my turn to rule. Yay me. And I'm going to do what I want. And that's what everybody does today. I'm going to rule. I'm going to do my life my way. Don't tell me to repent. I rule my throne. Yay me. Same thing. So yet, we have another golden calf worshiper. And what a failure of a king he was. He was not victorious over this king that come in. This other guy came to attack his kingdom. And what did he do? He paid him off. <laughs> and he made the people pay it. He was hoping, if I pay him off, he'll leave me alone. Now, can you imagine if a nation was going to come and attack us here today, the United States? They say they were going to attack us today. 
And let's imagine if our leader's strategy was to make everybody cough up a bunch of money to buy that nation off. Excuse me. No, sir. That's not leadership. That's not strength. That is not a bold man walking in the power of God. That was a man that has sinned against God, and he just bought him off. Not only did Menahem buy Pul off, but he asked King Pul to help me with my reign. Here, take all this money. Would you help me be stronger? That's kind of weak, if you ask me. But it looks pathetic. This is a king. He's a king of Israel. He's supposed to be a king of God's people. Buying people off him while you're at it, will you help me? I just don't like the look of this at all. I want you to remember the Lord was not with Israel at this time. And Israel's kings were worshiping the golden calves of Jeroboam. And they were so vicious and so sinful that they became devoid of the power of God. That they couldn't even rule on their own without an enemy nation helping them stay up. I can see a lot of nations doing that today. And it's sad to see. It's pathetic. Bad kings, no blessing. We saw some good kings, they got blessed. Are you recognizing the pattern here? Okay, so now watch this next timestamp. Here we go again. Check this out. 2 Kings 15, 23. In the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah... Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned two years. We just saw 52. Do you all see the pattern? I mean, do you see the scale, how bad-tipped it is? Two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins. I'm, getting, I'm almost getting tired of repeating the same thing, but because it, it keeps happening again. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. I don't even have to look at the text, and I know what it says. Repeat over and over and over. Broken record. Then Pekah, the son of Remaliah, an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Ariah, and with him were 50 men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did, indeed, they, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. Y'all see what's going on, how bad this is. And it's a repeat process. Eventually, you'd think somebody would snap to it and go, wait a minute. This ain't turning out right. We, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> Is it sinking in yet that if you obey the Lord God, he'll bless you? And if you sin, it's quite the opposite. Now, guys, what we're being shown here in the Bible, the Bible is being very graphic and very blunt and showing us a comparison. Two different pictures here. Two different kingdoms going in two different directions. Judah did what was right while Israel did what was wrong. And the final result we see are short-lived kings. They were being murdered off one after the other after the other, short rules. But we have the blessed king who obeyed, had long reigns. Guys, what do we do with that? How do we apply it to ourselves? Well, get right with the Lord and do what he tells you. You want to make it a long time? You want to be prosperous and successful? Yes, Lord, name it, claim it, give me everything I want. Well, then you need to start obeying what he says. Well, I don't know what he wants me to do. Well, you read the book. 
You know what scares me is that I'm afraid that there's some people that the only Bible they get comes out of me. And it better not. I'm doing the best I can with what I can, but you better, be, you better get more than just what I got to tell you. You got to spend your own time reading. So we see this result here of what all's going on. And what gets me is that every time a new king took over, he completely overlooked every bad thing that ever happened to every king before him. It's like he was just oblivious to what was going on. All they wanted to do was get on the throne and go, yeehaw, my turn. You'd think by now they'd recognize the pattern. Obey God, get blessed, sin, get cursed. Pretty easy formula to figure out if you ask me. So it says that Pekah was killed in the citadel of all places. I tried to dramatize that a little bit. He was killed in the citadel. The citadel was the most secure part of the entire palace. It was the Fort Knox. It was the innermost locked up layers of guards. Nobody's getting in here. That's where I feel comfortable. That's where nothing can happen to me. And that's where they went down in the citadel, right where they were comfy. Somebody did get in there though. And guys, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's what sin does. Even in your most comfortable place. Well, I can sin here without looking at anybody. I'm going to turn around. Guys, you get in front of that computer and nobody's there. I'm in my citadel. I'm going to sin here. Nobody's going to get me here. It will. It comes in there. It'll get in there. You know, really, when you sin like this willfully, you're basically opening the door and calling all the demons, come on in. Have a field day. Tear my life up. I'll act like a Christian when I go to church. It got them in the citadel. And when I read that, I just went, oh. Because I remember my own citadels that I had in my life before. You welcome sin, it gets in everywhere. It steals, it kills, and it destroys even your citadel that you think it can't get into. No willful sinner is safe from the destruction of sin. None. So far, Israel had a lot of flash-in-the-pan kings, and they were time-stamped against the lengthy reigns of Judah's kings to help us recognize the pattern. (laughs) We read, in the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, in the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, in the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah, it just kept saying these lengthy reigns. The lengthy reign of which king? of Israel or Judah, the lengthy reign of Judah, Judah was doing well. It's like the Bible is just screaming at us to understand this lesson of where it will get you if you play with sin. I'm, I'm mostly Christian, Ray, but I, I got this little sin over here. I just kind of keep it because I like it. It's just one little thing. It's no big deal. That's the one that's going to get you in your citadel that you have made for your life. The little comfy place where nobody can get here. It's okay. But when it comes and gets you, we're all going to find out. Best thing for you to do is get right with the Lord today. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.